You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there, you're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today, I'm here in the UK. I'm here speaking with a brand new artist. His music is absolutely outstanding. I mean, I cannot wait for everybody to get to hear this. I can't wait for people to get to know you. It's the wonderful Ben Selleck. Hi, Ben. Hey. How you doing? All right? I'm absolutely fantastic. But as I always say, it's not about me. <laughs> How are you doing? Like, this is your show. Very good. Like I was just chatting earlier, that I'm very excited to be doing this podcast because um, it was one of the first things that I heard when um, starting my journey on this country music roller coaster that... Um, yeah. I'm currently on. Like, I mean, I, I was I was blown away when you said that to me. I mean, for me as a podcaster in the music industry, what we like to do is we like to kind of bring you music to the forefront. We like to get to know people, particularly myself. You know, I love to get to know the ins and outs of everybody. And when you said that this, you know, today, just my mind was blown. So thank you so much. No worries. It was. It was. Um... We'll probably talk about it maybe later on, but the um, the specific one that really it was almost life changing was the interview with Bob Fitzgerald because I just that his story and the way that you brought that story out of him was just really inspirational and it made me want to pursue my own songwriting career um, again because it's been a good ten years since I've done it. But yeah, so thank you and thanks to Bob. I'm sure he'll he'll perhaps be listening bob is i mean is inspirational in himself i mean what he does in terms of music i mean another highway was just outstanding you know he, he's he's really reached milestones and i can't wait to see how you develop as well as an artist i mean with your new song different sides of the same coin there's so much there's so much elements throughout the entire song that i just i just adore oh i'm so glad you said that that's that's great because yeah, you talk about elements, and yeah, I've I've already done a few like interviews, and and elements is a really good way of describing it actually, because it's not just country, I don't think, and it would be wrong to pigeonhole myself into that, but but there is definitely a, a strong country theme in it as well, so I'm excited. So let's go back in time then. So yeah, you mentioned ten years ago. You was what was you doing ten years ago yourself? Okay, so I'll, I'll I'll go back to when I first started performing. So I was I was a singer in a rock band. That is the gist of the story. But um, we were like a classic rock band. The, the band's name was Solist, and um, we did okay locally. And we we managed to get a few support slots and played for royalty at um, oh the uh, oh what's the academy in london i've had a mind blank oh uh <laughs> beginning with b beginning with b the big one brixton academy brixton brixton yes yeah so we did a support slot there and and both princes were were there and were partying backstage afterwards i probably can't actually um mention anything about that party but um it was it was cool and then it all came crashing down and as as many local bands do we we split up and and i i ventured into the uh world of tribute bands uh and wedding bands and there i've resided for the last 10 years making as much money as i can and until lockdown it, it really changed my outlook on on what i wanted to be doing in music yeah and i know it's, it's been a terrible time for some people but to be honest, I was one of the lucky ones that just got a chance to reevaluate, and here I am. So, when you're performing as a in a rock band, you know, how did that first kick off? You know, what was it that brought you into the music scene? So, I, I've always been um, primarily a keyboard player, and then, and then I, I got into singing in a big way when I was about fifteen. Yeah, I was kind of like the the kid at school that was that was always singing and I remember in art classes I was 
belting out songs from teachers coming from next door saying, what are you doing? Just pipe yeah. down a bit. But then um, they'd realised it was me and I'm such a quiet person usually. It was, um, they'd, they'd have this shock on their face. <laughs> that, um, but it, it was, uh, yeah, from then I, I really just absolutely fell in love with singing and gosh, joined, joined so many bands and um, struck up a, a friendship with um, a guitarist friend of mine who I, I still write, write with today and he, he actually produced the latest single and played all the guitars on it and uh he's he's got a more you know rock influence to his playing and and to all his his love of music he, he loves rock music and it was kind of like that melting pot that just brought me into that scene just a friendship and um from there it, it kind of my voice didn't ever really sit perfectly in with the local rock scene but it also, uh, to the same degree, it kind of made it a bit different. So we were, we were doing all right. But um... so when you were singing at fifteen, throughout yeah. school and in classes, and you say that teachers used to come in and like tell you to pipe down and be shocked. What was your friends like at the time? You know, were they, were they shocked at the way you sung or? Well, to- yeah, I guess it. I guess my voice has always been a bit different to um like what has been current if, if that makes sense so I, I grew up in a time when it was all oasis and and rock and nirvana and and i never had a voice like that i, I was listening to more like wet 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 and simply red and the, the pop stuff and and um i guess those influences took me back even further to like this the soul influence that's in my voice and like Al Green and Marvin Gaye. So what I've waffled on, I've I've, I've lost a I've lost a train of thought here. What, what was the question again? <laughs> so so what like, were they thinking? Yeah, basically just yeah, your friends at school in class, just when you were singing, you know. So what kind you you mentioned like Marvin Gaye, and you grew up in like the Oasis era. Now, obviously the '90s was very big for Britpop, you know, the Brit rock, all the all the big bands below. <clears throat> Oasis, Pulp, um, yeah. Oh, Adam Nitrate and oh, cannot remember the name of the band. Oh, Swade and all. Swade, yeah, <laughs> Swade. That's the one yeah, I was yeah, trying yeah. to think of. But yeah, yeah. It, it's it was so big in that genre. Now, was you always an Oasis fan, or was you like just like everybody? See, I've got one of my best fa- best friends is. Like the biggest Oasis fan, so um, we kind of had a mutual hatred of each other's favourite bands, <laughs> if that makes sense. But actually, secretly, I I am a Oasis fan. I, I I think they've written some classics. So I think I I quite enjoyed. You remember when there was that uh, Oasis versus Blur mm-hmm. battle? You might be a lot younger than me, so you might not remember it. But um, I I went with Blur with the Country House single, so. Yeah, that's probably more to spite my best mate. To be fair, for reference, uh, I'm actually born in '92, but I still remember looking back as I was always a big fan. I, I never really, I always used to love Oasis, but I loved everything. Every single band had certain songs that I loved more than others. I mean, I'm still a massive fan of Pulp. I mean, the different class album was just amazing. Oh. Um, Blur. Do you I mean, feel? more affiliated uh, to pulp because you're, you're around that way is it... I think so uh, you see with the Gallagher brothers being Man City fans as well and I'm a Leeds United fan it was a bit but you, you're currently beating us as as well which is no no good we, we can stop that right now <laughs> who I'm a Spurs fan you're a Spurs fan yeah and you, you you're currently beating us 2-1 as we as we feel record this podcast no I've, I've not seen i mean i've because i've been busy i've explained you know how busy i've been today i've not yeah. actually seen oh, sorry but i'm gonna pull up the scores and keep you all <laughs> in the loop yeah um so when it comes to 
developing yourself. Let's let, let's now go in between the stopgap between finishing up Solstice and then going into country music now. So you mentioned that you was doing like tribute music, cover music. Yeah. Was that a, what I'm was still, what was that doing? Still in lots of bands. So for for a good while, I was you know the wedding singer, mm-hmm. um, classic <laughs> film, classic classic film, and I was completely that character. Yeah. Um, but then then I've, I've in the last couple of years I've, I've joined a load of tribute bands because that is to be honest that is if you're not at the top of the tree that's where the money is you know um, touring the world pretty much um, I'm in a Foo Fighters tribute band really uh, play play the keyboards um, Foo Fighters UK so if you ever need tickets for that let me, let me know um, <laughs> and then I'm in a Bowie tribute band a couple of Bon Jovi tribute bands um, a Queen tribute band I've just started an Elton John tribute band that's the only one where I sing in but um, yeah I'm not sure about the dressing up though so how <laughs> how many personas can you put on then well luckily it's it's um, you know I'm, I'm a quiet quiet person but once you get me on stage I, I can you know shock a few people yeah don't know if I can I don't know yet if I can pull off one of those amazing 16th century costumes that Elton John uh, wears but we'll see <laughs> hey you never know you never know yeah but yeah I mean absolutely fantastic I mean I love it when you know I've spoken to many artists who do like the cover stuff the wedding stuff the functional gigs and you know it is the best kind of source of income you know in terms of you as a singer and it allows you to keep developing yourself you, know, you try you know whether it's higher songs or lower songs or songs that are going a lot faster in tempo or slower in tempo you know it allows you to kind of test your limits and then transfer that into your singing and songwriting do you find that's helped you going into country music now not necessarily country music um but I do, I do get what, what you're saying because I feel totally when when I joined the Bowie band, um, that that was a real challenge. That is like um, playing keyboards for for that that band is really testing my my limits as a musician. So it in inadvertently has probably improved my keyboard playing f- for this stage of my career. So this um, solo venture. So you're probably right. I'd, I'd never even thought of it. So um, it, honestly, playing in tribute bands is so much fun, but it's there's such a big element of it that is just paying the bills, you know? It's, yeah. um, the people that own the band, I love them to death. It's not quite as... It doesn't have that emotional connection as um as writing your own music does so yeah i mean that, that's always a big thing though you know in terms of trying to fund you know this kind of lifestyle because it's not a cheap it's not a cheap hobby it's probably one of the most expensive hobbies out there you know writing producing you know releasing music and you know a lot of people <clears throat> you know that we talk about the streaming versus purchasing. That's always a big thing. Yeah. <coughs> now, you haven't got a website yet. No. Is there plans to bring out a website, bring out merchandise, that kind of thing? There, There is um, plans to uh, make a website and definitely merchandise as well. I think I've got a, a very long-term view of, of this little project that I'm starting now and um, it's starting with a, a handful of singles and then hopefully this time next year an album and I, I would very much hope that by then I've got all my stuff in order like website merchandise and um, more importantly some sort of fan base you know yeah. that would be that would be the biggest blessing I guess that's it. I mean, it's about building organic fans. You know, the fans that don't just you know just click on one song and then leave you and then 
you know, you want fans to stick around and stay with you. And that that's Certainly. the ultimate dream. You know, it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes a lot of hard work and dedication. You know, the whole yeah. using social media. I mean, you've, we were talking about it right at the start, you know, how it's, it's a fine balance between always being consistent and persistent on social media, but sometimes can it be too much? You know, can you post too much and yeah. flood people's news feeds? That's exactly it. And it, you've got to, you know, you've got to bring something of worth, haven't you? It's, it, I'm not, I'm not going to be posting pictures of my dinner or anything like that. Oh, you should. Oh, well, <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Not my, not my cooking. No, trust me. Um, perhaps my fiance. She's she's a good cook, but no, you you you're right. You got to bring worth to to people's lives because it's such a far away time we're living in, and um, it's it's difficult. Social media, I find, such a a minefield. Yeah. Now, you mentioned fiance. You mentioned just before kids. How have they reacted in terms of you? You know, when you first, when you first met your fiance, when you first had your kids. You know, what was the kind of the kind of thoughts and feelings when you said that you were wanting to pursue, you know, even further down the line in this music industry? Um, well, first and foremost, they have always um, Jodie, my fiance. She's always been um, amazingly supportive. Like um, she, you know, a lot of people forget that if, if you're a, a touring musician, you sacrifice a lot of a lot socially. You know, mm-hmm. Friday nights, Saturday nights, you miss people's weddings, you miss people's birthday parties, because you've got to be out gigging on, and especially at the weekends, it's yeah, you know, and and people forget that actually, if like we've got kids, so Jody has to take. She has to sacrifice a lot, and um, just to look after our kids. So it's um, something that I'm really grateful for. I'm glad you asked me this question because um, it never comes up. You know, I should I should thank her in public more, but um, it's one of those things. So I think, I think she. I think that's one of the biggest things, though, is that kind of pre- appreciation that it's not just yourself. You know, particularly, you know, every country artist or every musical artist or every artist independently, you know, everybody's got a family, you know, and there are sacrifices that you do have to make, you know, in order to keep pushing yourself, keep keep promoting yourself. And like you say, with gigs, particularly, you know, now that we're coming out of this lockdown, gigs happen on a weekend because that's when people are socially available. You know, other times they're working. So unless you're doing like a function like a wedding, you know, where it may be midweek, you know, it's still, you know, it's a fine juggling act. And to have a support system behind you is a critical thing. Critical is definitely a word. There is no way I could do it. There's no way anyone could do it without without that support. And, you know, at times it gets it gets really stressful and it gets, you know, really hard. But um, we're battling through. I mean, you say... Um, I've not been singing really since my first daughter was born, which which she's coming on to five now. I kind of stopped uh, being the front man in any of the bands that I was in. Yeah. Just because I, you get so tired as a as a dad with with I've got two kids and and my my youngest is two now, and she still she still doesn't sleep through the night. So it, oh. it really affects <laughs> it really affects your your singing voice if you're tired. And and I was just it was not becoming as fun for me to be the, the singer and the pressures that come with that mm-hmm. in any band, you know, like even if we're playing down the, down the pub, the dog and duck, if you're tired and you feel like you've got a cold, it is the loneliest place to be if your voice is giving up after like six songs. So it's, it's, um, it's only now that I feel, you know, I'm going to give this a go. I've, I've missed singing so much. And who knows how long I'll be able to sing the way that I can sing. So just take it and go with it, run with it. When I get emails from PR, from management, from, you know, everybody involved in the music scene, I got an email from Rachel basically talking about your new single. 
Yeah. And it obviously talks about yourself, talks about your background, your roots, you know, what you're bringing to the table. And one of the phrases says, Ben has been a music teacher since 2009, a job that he's incredibly proud of and enthusiastic about. However, his goal is to build a solo career and release timeless music that will hopefully take him mu- musical venture, I presume that's supposed to say, take his musical venture on the road. Now, being a music teacher, are you still a music teacher? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> that helps this next question. Do you find cool. that being a musical teacher helps keep you on form, you know, as well as keeping the kids in line and helping them develop as singers and playing pianos or, you know, their musical God, you, you, you are asking some great questions. It makes, makes you really think. Um, do you know what? Sometimes, I know this sounds ridiculous, I think it, it, makes, it makes my playing better. Yeah. I really don't think it makes... I don't think it makes my singing better. I think, um, <laughs> oh, if I had to, if I had to do a gig on a weekday that I've had like, I don't know, year three, yeah. and I've been screaming, screaming my lungs out all day, just <laughs> trying to get them to shout out. No, that's not, that's not what I say. But um, yeah, you know, you, oh, my voice can get really hoarse. So yeah, I don't think, I don't think it um, helps my singing. I'll be honest. <laughs> and also. I teach um, like the oldest years year group I teach they're like 11 years old yeah so their voices are a lot higher than mine so I tend to end up singing a full day in like my falsetto yeah which I don't know if, if you've it, that's like the real high yeah like me high part of your voice like Mika yeah so <laughs> I, luckily I can I can do that and it, it, it actually doesn't stress my voice as much as normal singing would but it is extremely embarrassing if, like, any other teachers walk into the room and I'm singing a singing a I don't know a song in my falsetto. It's highly embarrassing. Oh, and that... I'm not going to give you a rendition just now. Oh, how do you know? <laughs> oh, I mean, what you need to do is allow yourself to warm up. You know, just not now. Don't worry, not now. Uh, just allow yourself to warm up and get yourself ready. And I think you should start posting on like Instagram, you know, just random runs and just kind of like yeah. showcase yourself and, you know, start from the low ends and work your way up. Even if you're just doing practicing scales, you know, just yeah. allows you to keep, you know, keep your online presence and it just shows people the range that you've got as well as possibly singing a few, you know, singing a few chords of, of your own music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do plan on, on doing more in Instagram stuff. I just really need someone to like show me the ropes. I'm gonna gonna convince my sister to give me a tutorial because uh, she's pretty cool at that. And anyone out there, send me a message, any tips. All right, well, what we'll do is after this, or you know, in the next few <laughs> days, we'll organize some like, we'll organize an Instagram live. You know, it doesn't have to be like the interview style ones that we do, just like a run through so people get to see who you are, possibly even play a track and I'll teach you, you know, the art of Instagram lives and what it can kind of bring. Might even bring Rachel on. That's cool. Because you can now do three-way Love splits. It. Yes, I saw that the other day when you were doing um, the whiskey kisses stuff. Was... I mean, I've, a lot of people were saying at the same time, you know, not many people know that you can do a three-way split and it's still, there's still tweaks and stuff that they're doing to it. But I mean, it's like it's it's a lot more difficult to control in terms of what screen can go where. Um, right. If you're wanting to say bring on another guest, as, you know, to replace the third, you know, you've got to let them press the X, and <clears throat> you right. got to as a as a host, you've got to kind of be careful of how you word it, yeah. otherwise you sound like you're being a complete nutter. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I see where you're going. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it, there's there's a lot there's a lot to it, and it's really simple. I mean, there's lots of different apps people use, you know, to create posts, pictures, you know, different things yeah, like that. I mean, I use Canva, you know, that's an app that I use on my Mac and on my iPhone uh, whenever cool. I'm doing posts. Uh, the, I mean, Rachel can show you a lot of it as well because she does quite a lot. So yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love Instagram in terms of like the Insta Lives and the kind of flexibility you can have with it. I'm. I, I, tend to agree with you i think i'm i'm veering more towards instagram i just want to know how to use it more because like some of the posts that that people put up just look so professional and and, um really draw you in 
especially like the stories and stuff like that it's just yeah i'll get there it's just um i really appreciate that yeah i'm up for a live sesh well, ultimately, live ultimately, freeway sesh. ultimately what we're here for is to help all, all i'm here for is to help promote you you know to give you an extra platform to showcase yourself you know we all yeah. we all a lot of us do this for free you know i particularly do this for free and you know we do it because we genuinely love the music and the artists and the stories behind and everything in between so you know i'll yeah. happily you know whatever time you've got i'll help where i can oh totally I'll, i will take you up on that so you're from essex yep south end south end south end of yeah <laughs> if you, it's it's just down the road from, i don't know if you've ever seen the um the only way is essex oh no, i try and avoid that <laughs> I just so so do I. So I, do I. I so, find um, I find I get myself so, sorry sorry to everybody, but you know if you can completely disagree with me, but I just find it really irritating. Just the I don't know if it's acted or I, I don't know. There's just something about it that just screams irritating to me. <laughs> ultimately, totally. I I I can't really watch any program where there's you know I, there's no talent. If that makes sense, mm. there's. They probably do have talents, but I don't really want to watch it. Thanks. It, Go in my show. Yeah, like X Factor. That that's a bit more bearable. You know, you've got. Yeah. I actually did X Factor once. Did you? Um, yeah. Two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine. Oh, so got all to right. boot camp. You got to. That was going to be my next question. You know, how far did you was get it? along boot camp? So yeah, boot camp. Now I've I've done things like BGT before in the past, and obviously I've not got through because otherwise I'd be famous now. But how did you find how I wish? (laughs) (laughs) How did you find the process for X Factor? You know, to go for the initial, you know, submitting your forms applications to then go into the. I don't know if it's similar to the BGT where you go into like a hotel or a big conference room and then you get summoned into a room where you got a camcorder in front of you and. You got to either perform yeah. and then go through like producers and is it, it sounds, the same? It, it sounds exactly the same to be honest. Um, yeah, so the whole thing, I think, was probably up there with the, the one of the worst experiences in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it was about six months of just pure dread. Like, yeah. and no, I totally totally can see that for some people it is the stepping stone to some something really amazing yeah but my character i'm i'm a bit of an introvert really when it comes down to comes down to my everyday life and i was just i was homesick when i went away to boot camp i was not in the right place mentally to to really to really do my best and I was glad when it was over, to be perfectly honest. I think, so you're saying that there was, um, you've got a, a, a load of stages before you even get to meet the judges. Uh-huh. Um, and they were fine. There's a lot of waiting around all day, a lot of um, lot of loaded questions and, and try and, trying to get some sort of sob story out of you. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, that's what sells. Totally, which, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I totally understand that. But, when you actually get to boot camp and you're you're away for like five days, it might be a, a nice plush hotel, but it just it wasn't for me at all. And um, and I think when I when I got up on stage and actually did it, I I could just it was like a, a balloon deflating. I felt you yeah. know, I was like, oh, that's it. Finally, I'm I'm done. And he like Simon Cowell actually asked me, how do you think you did that? And I was like, oh. I think that's pretty. It's not my best. You're pretty terrible, um, but you know, it it just wasn't the right show for me. It wasn't my idea of fun either. Ultimately, as well, is it all comes down to timing. So you know, yes, it might not be great for you at that point, but you mm. know, you may be better in three, five, ten years. You know, as you develop and develop, because everybody's always developing. You know, people get better and better and better the more you sing, the more you act, the more you perform. 
you know, it, it's not just a thing that you just get great at and then you stay at that same level. It's you're always fluctuating. Yeah. So you never know if you go in now, you might do even better. You might do worse. Who knows? Perhaps, yeah. It's. I think I'm scarred for life in that um, <laughs> in that in that area of the entertainment arts. I don't think I'll be doing any of those. So the whole process from start to boot camp was six months. Yeah, probably even could have. It must have been at least three months, and then. God, I can't remember. You know, it's it's. Um, I remember it being in the summer, and then I had to ask for time off from work for the actual boot camp week, and um, and then, yeah, it was a week. It was five days, and my audition was on the fifth day. Really? So it was slightly different. Slightly different from how it's how it's been done recently. It was, um, like a, about a hundred people that went to boot camp. And we all stayed at the Hilton uh, in London, and had a had a like a moment on stage, so to speak. And um, I think Danny Minogue was the host of the time. Uh, was one of the judges. Yeah, she really didn't like me. She she voted no every time I I auditioned in front of them. Really? But the others all said, "Yeah, don't know." What a cow! Yeah, no. She, she I used to like Danny. No, I don't. Yeah. Thanks. Um, no, but Cheryl Cole, she was she was there. She voted yes. It was a pretty strange. I used to have an eyebrow piercing mm-hmm. from my first from my first audition. I went in and uh, sang, and she said, "Ah, oh, you got really good voice, but um, you got really nice eyes. But do you think you could take the eyebrow piercing?" That was like, "Yes, yes, okay, Cheryl." <laughs> Anything you want. Yeah. Next audition turned up. It's like completely gone. Yeah. Did the actual boot camp bit make it to TV or? My bit didn't know. That's no. a shame. I was, there was a few um, glances of me like in the background, but no, none of my auditions actually made it onto TV, which at the time I was kind of glad about really because I don't know, there was, this, there was a stigma that that show had and amongst like, like proper musicians, inverted commas yeah that um you know it's you're selling your soul really which i don't think if 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 it's for you then it's for you go for it like there's some leona lewis what what a voice what talent um Uh, yeah i mean equally these kind of shows they always work out really really strange because yes you know it'd be great to win something like that and actually be part i think it's simon cowell's label that you usually get part of um but the it's usually the runners up, you know, uh, whoever comes second that usually does best. Now you've got the likes of One Direction, Little Nick, you know, yeah. they absolutely killed the scene. Um, like you say, you know, Leona Lewis, Alexandra Burke did all right for a bit. You don't really hear much now. No. But you know, it's it, it, it's it's like Pop Idol in day, you know, with um, Gareth Gates and Will Young, you know. They pulled amazing careers from it. You know, sometimes it does work, yeah. sometimes it doesn't. I mean, Joe McKeldry, you don't really hear of Joe McKeldry anymore, but you hear of Ollie Mertz. You know, yeah. that was that's the same situation in you know, a case of Joe came first, Ollie came second, and who's got the better career out of the both? You know, I would have said exactly. Ollie. So, you know, it's yes, you might not have done well then, but at least you're you haven't let it get to you to the point where you've given up completely. You know, you've no. You've you've kept going. You've kept developing yourself, and now you're bringing out your own music. That's all that matters. Yeah, I think what I've learned over the years is what I'm good at. If if that makes sense. Yeah. Like stuff like this, interviews. I I I'm not the best at it. You know, I get flustered. I get really nervous. I get, um, you know, palpitations. Stumble over my words, but I I'm confident enough when it comes to songwriting and and performing so you know i'll get better at one thing and hopefully well i'll get better at both things you know yeah just with by doing more of it like you said earlier just you you get better at whatever you do i'm a firm believer of that too so mentioned a second ago the pr stuff now i've got a question coming up in a minute but last question i want on the x factor is okay 
2009, you went to X Factor. You had to take a week off work for boot camp. Was this whilst you was as a music teacher? And obviously, it must have been right at the start of that career. Um, it was, yeah, it was around the, the start of my career as a music teacher, yeah. Um, I was lucky that the um, the school that I work at, I still work at, they are, they're so, they've always been music orientated and and um, the headmaster at the time, he, he let me have a bit of time off, so... No. God rest his soul. No longer here, but uh, that's always that's always the nice thing, though, is having that support, you know, from employees, uh, employers as well. You know, knowing that you've got they've got your back. You know, no matter what happens, yeah. whether you pass or fail. You know, it's not just a case of oh, okay, then so you're just leaving us to do this. Fine, then just just go, just leave us to it. Yeah. I mean, there might, there could have been some like comments said behind the scenes that you might not have heard. Who knows? But. I'd, I'd like to think that there wasn't. Well, I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain that there wasn't, because um, there's there's been a few occasions where I've um, I've been able to do like you know take a little shot at something, and and they've been so supportive. I think that's the best thing to find, you know, particularly in an employee employer. You know, is if they're willing to help you, you know, to be flexible mm. with you to help you develop your own passions as well you know to support you in you know even if it's just something as simple as allowing you to have a week off it's amazing it really helps lift yeah. the soul completely yeah um couldn't agree more so you you need those people in your life really and if you haven't oh god i feel sorry for you but um perhaps you, you don't have the right bosses <laughs> <laughs> exactly now going back to the pr from cool. uh, Scarlet River. So yeah. it talks about yourself being a singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist from Essex, and it talks about who you're inspired by. Now, I'm interested in the lyrically inspired by. Now, yeah. you're inspired by the likes of the Eagles, James Taylor, and Brothers Osborne, which amazing, amazing bands, you know, in terms of the Eagles, yeah. Brothers Osborne being a duet, and James Taylor, fantastic. What is it about the Eagles, James Taylor and Brothers Osborne, that you really take into consideration when you're writing songs? Good question. So, um, well, Brothers Osborne, they're a relatively new new band. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just love how, well, one, I love their gritty sounds. Uh, that's like what I aspire to, to sound like. <laughs> but I, I, I realise my voice is a lot maybe sweet sweeter and um smoother. it's a bit different yeah that's that sort of thing so <laughs> it kind of falls a bit short on that but the yeah the guitar work and everything is just brilliant and i, I love like the um like a bit of humor in in their writing yeah and not everything is so serious i mean james taylor again he's got he's got some really deep songs that um are really personal to him but in in his later writing, there's there's some really like funny songs about you know um, traffic jams and stuff like that. Just really yes. throwaway subjects, throwaway subjects that yeah you know why not write a song about that? Because people will relate to it somewhere down the line. And and I've just thought this year, you know what? I'm just going to write about anything that, yeah. that pops into my head. That's what um, it's about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about. For me, so you know, songwriting, in particular country music, is about the storytelling. And yeah. a story can be anything. It could be, you know, fictional or it could be non-fiction. It could be something that's happened to you yeah. directly or to your family, friends, etc. Or it could be a completely made-up story, but it's about bringing that story across. Now, if you use things like steel, fiddle, banjo, etc., great. You know, there are elements of country in there. But it's, it's pr predominantly the actual lyricism themselves. And I'm, I love how in this PR... It mentions, you know, who you're lyrically inspired by because it's so, it, it separates the two because they are two separate things: who you're lyrically inspired by and who you're musically inspired by. And yeah. I just, I just love it. I mean, the Eagles themselves, absolutely fantastic. I mean, Hotel California, amazing song, you know, in terms of yeah. a story, you know, from start to finish. That's what it's about. And yeah, bring that, you know, to relevancy of yourself, you know, different sides. 
brackets of the same kind, close brackets. <laughs> it is, you know, it's story elements. I love it. Just, yeah, I, oh. <laughs> that's me. That's me dumb. <laughs> I'll put them back yeah. down. No, cool. I, I'm, I'm glad you, you, because I was worried that there wasn't enough of a story element, or, or people wouldn't pick up on it. But, um, I've, I've never really, I've not always written that way. So, uh, I used to write songs that were, um, really open to interpretation. Yeah. You know, and um, and I just thought I'm, I'm going to try this new genre and, and write more in a country vein and take like the Motown elements of my voice and mm -hmm. the way that I write songs and add country to it. And um, I think it's a bit different to what's on the radio at the minute. Um, so, and I, I really like the sound, so I'm just going to run with that. Now, I'm just briefly looking. I mean, I've got a friend called Laura. She owns Music Tour and uh, Music and Tour News. And she does oh, yeah. reviews and stuff. And yeah. I've just been having a quick look through her review. And I, I it, it's great. I mean, I love the phrase you used, you know, what you stated. The country genre has always been close to my heart. Yeah. Um, and the UK scene, you know, particularly during this pandemic, has inspired me creatively like never before. It led me to write an album worth of simple songs that tell stories about the ways in my life that... I could never portray it as a younger man. Do you find that the age being a little bit older now, you know, after doing mm. what you've done in the past, you know, through the tribute acts, through, you know, being in a rock band, through doing things like X Factor has helped you develop yourself as a, you know, lyricist, as a songwriter, as a performer? Um, performer? Everything, yes. Everything, yes, to that. Um you take your life experiences, don't you? And I, a lot of my songs now are to do with like being a dad and to to and to do with having a family and to the pressures that you have in everyday life. You know, yeah. working to try and put food on the table for other people. It's um and relationships and stuff like that. You can look back at other relationships and 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 take bits of that and make stuff up. And yeah, that you, your friends also have, have lived a bit longer, so um, you can look at other people's lives around you, and there's untold inspiration there as well. Do you want to so, talk? Do you want to talk now about different sides? You know about yeah. what it means to you. You know, writing, you know, yeah. writing the song and the inspirations that you took from it. You know, leading up to okay, even, yeah. even leading up to writing the song. You know, what kind of how did you go about yeah. it? So, um, I was, I was, I'd just written this first song that had, that had, um, really inspired me to to try and and venture into this country genre, mm -hmm. and um, and I was really early on in in those stages, and I, I was listening to a podcast where somebody used the phrase, "Oh, there were like different sides of the same same coin." Yeah, um, and that just stuck in my head. I thought that's a really interesting phrase that I'd not heard before. It's probably been used millions of times, but I'd never heard that. And um, and immediately I had had that line and the melody just in my head for a couple of days. And then I, I got thinking about, well, what, what I had to try and make a song out of that phrase. And, and uh, I started with the second verse, which was about this couple that couldn't even couldn't agree on a style of music to play that evening. Mm -hmm. And like one, one guy was loving the Beatles and the, the wife was loving the Stones and, and Coldplay. And well, one, one partner thought Coldplay was shy and the other <laughs> yeah. thought that it comes from Pink Floyd, you know, which I think loads of people can relate to. Well, it's funny because that's it, how we started off this chat. You're talking about Oasis and Pulp. Exactly. Totally. So um it, it was that's how it started. And then and then trying to trying to write the rest of the song around that. And I thought, am I gonna go with real life? Am I gonna talk about my my fiance? There are some elements of there, but then 
I completely rewrote it and thought, no, I don't actually want it to be about um, my my relationship. I don't know why I didn't didn't want it to be about my relationship, but um, I I fabricated this this couple and mm-hmm. and. Um, Thing is that it doesn't have you know not all songs have to be about you know yourself personally. You could be talking about things that happen that you know happen with everybody else because it does. You know, it's a, it's a common thing yeah. that everybody has disagreements. You know, we're all entitled to our own opinions. Totally, it, it's human nature. And the the and the more I listen to to the actual song, and I think it's more about me that song anyway. Like the how how laid back I am, and um. If I was honest, I could look back at all of my relationships, and and every partner has probably thought I'm far too laid back and and need a rocket up my ass. So, um. <laughs> thing is though, it's good to be laid back. It's good to, you know, there's times to be, you know, as you know, regimented as need be. You know, there are times where that helps, but there's times where being calm laid back it allows you to think clearly it allows you to approach things in a different light you know i i try and yeah. remain as calm as i can as much of the time you know there'll be times where i'll be like panicking like oh i've got so much to do so i need to go that yeah. that 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 and become regimented in that sense but what's the point in stressing out oh totally i'm 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 there i'm there with you like you're only going to be in that moment in your life for that split second why not just enjoy whatever whatever is happening, even if you know ten minutes late? Oh dear, you can't change anything. So, just been having a quick scroll through your Twitter. Yeah, and you might have had a notification come through. Um, I just responded to something. Basically, it's a video that was in twenty seventeen, and it just made me feel sick. It's just oh, really. Oh, just it's a guy slide. It's a drunk guy sliding down the escalator. Um, you know the middle bit of the underground. The escalator's leading uh, down. Yeah. And they've I got like random. They've got random little bits, and like you know stop signs, uh, advertisements. Oh and my that. gosh! Jeez. I've, I saw that video ages ago. I remember feeling sick at the time, and just I was just seeing if there's anything that I can pull up. You know, just separately on your page. And that came up and it was like, oh, no, that looks horrible. So if uh, if you listen to this I, now, you'll you'll understand why I kind of like commented on that at that point. Yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten. I'd, I'd, I'd seen that. That was Jeez, in tw- I, I, it was 2017. I mean, I'm, I like to scroll. I love to. I love to have nosies. But yeah. Jeez, you see his little face as he, as he scrolls past the camera. And what I really love about that is that whoever's videoing that, doesn't stick out a hand to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 for the it's for the tube. It's for, it's for the YouTube. It's for the it's for yeah. the likes and the. <laughs> totally. I love it. Yeah. As as sick as it makes me feel. I mean, if it makes him if it makes him popular, it makes him popular. You know, he's certainly yeah. paid the price for it. Totally. It probably speaks a few semitones higher as well. Oh, it'd be great. It'd be great as a singing partner. To yeah. get that falsetto. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I also really like is DC Brown. DC Brown does so much for the country community in terms of what he does on like Twitch. And you did some, you did some shows with him. Yeah, he's he's been awesome actually. I can't thank him enough. Um, I've I've done two writers rounds, and he got me in touch with um, Live in the Living Room yep. to do a charity all day charity thing. And just to on on that gig, there was Tennessee Twin, uh, Tony Bowen, and Sarah Yo. And geez, I was I was I was fanboying fanboying to all of them. It's like I've been watching them over lockdown for this whole year, and thinking, oh, you guys are famous. It's like, <laughs> so it's like Tennessee Twin. They're such lovely people, and and Sarah Yo and and Tony Bowen is so talented. I don't know if you if you know him or seen his stuff. I know of them all. I mean, I've spoke to Tennessee Twin yeah. on the show already. I mean, I'm looking to speak yeah. with Tony and Sarah very soon. But yeah, yeah, they're all phenomenal songwriters. They're all phenomenal singers and oh, yeah. instrumentalists. I mean, just insanely talented. And I'm I'm putting you in the same category. You know, you shouldn't knock yourself down. You know, 
as, oh. as you know, as you're fresh faced in the scene now, take it, take it by the balls and really run with it. Yeah, to to go like a, I feel like I'm in the playoffs. You know, they're like a, a, the team in the playoffs, ready, to, ready to try and push on further. That's how I feel, and um, I feel com. What's that? Oh no, you're kidding. Why, why do I? Why do I even talk about football? That's no good. Anyway, not talking about football anymore. I feel like I'm ready to push on. Go on, you're a team in playoffs. Yeah. Well, Spurs are, are a team in free fall. That's what that's what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. Oh, for no. the, for reference, I, I like to put things for reference because obviously we talk about things. Yeah. We're, we're talking via Zoom at the moment, everybody. And we can see each other. We can see each other's reactions. I've just raised my hands up in joy, in elation. As a Leeds United fan, we've just scored. We're currently mm. winning against Tottenham Hotspur, that is, at home, 3-1. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Do you, do you think we should have done this pod, this on a, a different day? I've uh, like chosen the worst day. I mean, I, it's, it's, just, it's just it's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. It's, the Spurs cookie crumbles that way gen generally every year around this time so so yeah right now i feel like a hobnob being dunked in a cup of tea and you must feel like a rich tea <laughs> dunk me <laughs> you're sinking to the bottom yeah but yeah i mean going uh, it's like a team in the playoffs you're 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 getting there you're kind of making your feet you're making your headway and yeah, yeah you, you've got I'm, I'm ready to take it on and um just learning so much more. Already there's, there's stuff that I'm not going to be doing for the next single release, you know. Yeah. Um, learn from the mistakes that you're making and, and go with it. So when it comes to songwriting, how many songs have you got written, ready for going into the studio? So I've actually got about 20 ideas and and 12 of them are pretty much, the, the ideas are finished, ready to go. Yeah. And I've got, had three recorded, and and they're in various stages of completion. Okay. Um, I've not been in the studio. I've been recording it remotely. remotely. Yeah, in a shed at the bottom of the garden. <laughs> Always the like best. Bob. Well, yeah, and uh, I send the ideas over to Ad Adam Wright, who plays guitar and produces all the tracks, and then any any other elements of it kind of get session players in so yeah uh, the the drums have been done for this track by ben rudge who is the lead singer in the foo fighters tribute band that i play in and um fantastic drummer as well as a fantastic singer um but just calling on favors really and hiring guns when i need to i'm really hoping to get um sarah jury on one of the tracks coming up on pedal steel. Ooh. I mean, Fingers crossed. I've I've made contact with her and it's just a case of budgeting. And like you said earlier, it's it's a it's a really expensive hobby, this music game. <laughs> so. Yep. Was it, was it Tennessee Twin that Sarah was with? Yeah. Yeah, and she's just she's just played on the new Kezi Gill. Yeah. Absolutely. Which, Oh, just yeah. The steel to me is one of my favorite instruments. It's one of my favorite sounds, and just it yeah. gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. So, if you're working with Sarah, then oh, I cannot wait. Yeah, I've, I've, it's a bit of a ballad that one, and um, I'm looking forward to finishing that off. Well, I'll say ballad. It's it's kind of like my Chris Stapleton Motown calamity. Ooh. I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, but. It's gonna it's gonna sound nice, especially if I can convince uh, Sarah to play. Yeah, It'll be beautiful. I mean, well, it's like you know, I call this show Country Chat with Dom. You know, it's not just country music; it's everything under the umbrella of country music and yeah. Americana, folk roots, blue bluegrass. You know, even touching into blues and even Motown because everything's got that yeah. story, everything's got that lyric. And to be honest, I just love music. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> Music is such a no. quintessential part of life. Now, Bob Fitzgerald calls his shed the monkey shed, where he does his recordings. Yeah. Now, what do you call your shed? Um, it's the summer house. The it's sp- not quite Ooh. as exciting. 
although I did I did put like um when you release your your track you have to choose like a record company name uh-huh so I I called it Summer House Records so it's 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 Not kind bad. of in there do you do, not when, as good as the monkey shed jeez that was when you do when you do um live streams do you do it from inside the house or inside the shed inside the shed yeah live from the summer house that's what i was going to exactly say live, yeah. live from the summer house live in the summer house just that's perfect live stream titling i've got I've, I've got a mate that every time i do it like a live stream or something he says are you, are you performing in a sauna it's just like all wood it looks like a, a Swedish sauna or something. I don't think I'll go with that. That's not got the same ring to it. Now, in terms of, I don't. I, I'm, I'm gonna. This is where I try and pull information that possibly yourself or Rachel might kill me for asking. But obviously, when you start releasing music, you're releasing different sides very soon. Now, yeah. When it comes to like forecasting the next singles, possibly EP, you know, do you have like a schedule in mind? You don't have to tell me the dates, but do you no, have like I, a thing in mind, a plan in place? Yeah, I've got. I do have a a, a really concise plan um, for the next for for the rest of the year. Yeah, and then uh, next year is um, hopefully I'm going to be able to release either an. Um, an album or some sort of EP with um, some more tracks on. I've got five singles that are ready to be released. Uh huh. Three of them, three of them, are going to be released this year, not including uh, different sides. So I, t- I just didn't want to exhaust that collective. I wanted to have bring people on the journey and hopefully improve every time, if that makes sense. Make a few mistakes before I release an EP or a, an album. Well, that, that's it. I mean, the first few songs, usually there might be one or two mistakes. I mean, we talk about Kezia Gill, you know, her first album, That's she pretty much deleted it and took out, cherry-picked the best songs out of her first album to then release into Kezia. Right. You know, it, you, you find your feet, you know, it, you're hitting the ground running, you know, to have three singles out this year, five already, you know, pretty much there. Yeah. What was it, 12 recorded? You know, two million that's already in your, like, notes. <laughs> when you're yeah. when you're writing down notes and stuff for songs, is it done on a piece of paper? Do you have, like, a special scrapbook? Or do you do it through your phone notes, voice recordings? Um, it's a bit of a bit of everything. So I've got, I've got, and when I was listening to that, podcast you did with bob i was like oh i do that i do that i sing into my phone <laughs> i stop in random places and i just whisper like a little song idea into my phone but um and then i've got tons of songbooks that have just got half written ideas and lines of lyrics and yeah and then the next page it'll be like my daughter's scribbling and then <laughs> uh, oh, at least yeah thing is though when you're say you're sitting down and you're wanting to come up with a song and you're looking through your book for ideas it must be so nice to just like see that and be like oh just yeah love yeah it, it does yeah love on a page yeah it does it does really help you know being a dad actually has changed my songwriting unbelievably so a lot of the songs can just form from an idea that has happened yeah. with, with my kids, you know, that, like I said earlier, you can't do that when you're not a dad, really, unless you're a really good liar, really good songwriter. I mean, well, like we said, right, you know, about halfway through, about songwriting and the whole storytelling, it can be fact and fiction, you know, it could be like a mm. make-believe, it could be, you could be writing a song that you kind of like wish your life had turned out, you know, as a kid, you know, obviously we all have dreams yeah. to, we have aspirations, I originally wanted to be a pilot, you know, in the RAF, it's like, you know, we all had dreams younger and things yeah. always take a different turn, you know, some people do okay. live it out, some people don't, and yeah. you take the cards that are dealt with you, and, you know, I absolutely love how you've taken your experiences, you know, through through life, through singing at school. I mean, singing, you know, when you're 15, it's great to know that even at a young age, you know, you're confident in yourself because ultimately that's one of the key things you need is that confidence in yourself to be able to sing out loud. 
And to see you yeah. carted it through now is brilliant to see. Cheers, man. Thank you. Different sides of the same coin. I'm gonna keep. You know what? I'm actually gonna keep saying it in the bracket. <laughs> oh, um, this is the point of the day That's... where I kind of like lose my marbles. So it's different size yeah. bracket or the same coin bracket. Release That's date. My first mistake. I should have just that. I should have just stuck to different sides. When are you releasing? It's it's coming out on May the twenty eighth. Available to, available to pre-save now? Yeah, available to pre-save now. Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere in particular? Everywhere? Everywhere. Spotify and Apple Apple Music. Um, Deezer. All of them, I think. Deezer. Right. Not many people, do yeah. people still use Deezer? I used to use Deezer I all the time. Know. It's great but to have it you? on there. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's available to pre-order now. And... Where can people find you on social media? Um, I'm on Facebook, Ben Selick Music. Um, Instagram, Ben Selick Music. Twitter, Ben Selick. And there'll be a, a few um, stuff on YouTube as well, Ben Selick Music. So nothing on there now, but went after it's been released, there's a few videos going on and stuff like that. Finally... Is Jaffa yeah. Cake a cake or a biscuit? Uh, Age-old conundrum. Um, I would say it's a cake. Nice. Nice. Am I wrong? You're right. I'm right. In my eyes, if I say you're right, you're right. If I say you're wrong, Thank you're you. wrong. Whether you like it or not, yeah, you're right. It's definitely yeah. a cake. Well, it says it's a cake, so... It must be a cake. Otherwise, it'd be called a Jaffa, Jaffa biscuit. biscuit. Yeah. Um, Linda Conway from Voice of a Woman likes to call it a Jaffa Nugget because it's like a cross between a cake or a biscuit. Right. Now, you know what I'm going to ask? Yeah, I do. Just it's, just it's... Get, get, it, get it over with. Just peel the Band-Aid off and hurt me. Kick me whilst I'm down. Pineapple is not allowed on a pizza. And Why? Okay, right. I would I would still eat pineapple on a pizza, but it would not be my first choice, or my second choice, or my tenth choice. I'm I'm not really a fan of of fruit on savoury. Is it just for the fact that it's sweet and salt, or is it hot fruit? Is it fruit in no, general? No, I think it's 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 just I would just choose any other pizza above that one. I think I like pizza so much that it has to be my favourite topping and pineapple is not on the equation. I don't generally like pineapple anyway, so that's a, a big minus negative for pineapple on a pizza. Now, the very last question I'm going to ask is a question that I've been asking on when I'm visiting other rooms on Clubhouse. I don't know if you know what Clubhouse is. It's basically an audio no. app where... It's on the iPhone and you basically join other people's rooms and instead of texting to type like Facebook, Instagram, etc., it is audio. So you raise your hand to talk and you press the microphone and you talk to different people around the world. Sounds terrifying. It's actually really, (laughs) really good. You can speak to Sony music execs and artists and people involved in the music industry and all industries actually all around the world. That does sound a good idea. I asked this question on other people's Instagram lives, particularly like Voice of Woman, because I absolutely love her Insta lives. And just in general. So we've been in this pandemic. We've been in this lockdown. We've been stuck inside. We've been bored out of our brains waiting for this this global pandemic to kind of cease and disappear and allow us to live a normal life, whatever that is. Mm. Whilst we've been stuck inside, we have been faced with boredom. Now, to eradicate boredom, people have been taking on new skills. I've, ta- I've done things like DIY. I've, I've, obviously, I've developed my podcast and developed myself as a radio presenter. What have you done in terms of self-development in, you know, with, in yourself, you know, in terms of music or everything in everyday life? Is there anything in particular you've learned? Well, I've been studying um, um, to be an electrician, actually. 
So oh, yeah. I've, yeah, I've been doing a course on Sparkyism. Um, <laughs> yeah, and That's... and electrocute myself many times. I mean. Uh, Kezia's partner Lloyd is a is a Sparky, and it's always a common thing that we talk about on a Friday night um, live streams on um, on Facebook. Palmy Strongman sessions, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's what it's one thing that I'd love to be able to do. I just yeah, <laughs> I'd be too skinned because I shock myself. Well, I, I've been doing a few bits, and and we we're, we're doing a lot of DIY in in the house at the minute, so. I've been trying to get just better at being a handyman, really. Mm. So, because DC Brown is like a, he's he's a landscaper. Yeah. And so, so I tapped him up for some advice, and uh, I'll have to I'll have to ring Kezia's husband. No. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic! It's been an absolute pleasure being able to get to know you, to get to understand. Oh, the pleasure is mine, Don. And and like I said earlier, you, you should be proud of yourself because you uh, kind of like flag flag the uh, fly the flag of new music and country music, and you're everywhere, and and um, it's it's awesome. <laughs> like, like I said, you all, know, all so, your podcasts are great. Sometimes it's not good to be everywhere because you can get really routine. I, I imagine there's people uh-huh. scrolling through Twitter or Instagram thinking, "Oh no, here he is again." <laughs> you know, what, just bad. block him. <laughs> No, it's been an absolute pleasure. This show wouldn't be what it would be if it wasn't for people like yourself taking the time out to come and speak to me. I mean, we've been speaking now the you know, including the pre-show, we've been speaking for an hour and 12 minutes. So as quick as time flies, it's still a large portion of your day. You know, when you could be writing songs, you could be yeah. you could be doing anything and you're here spending your afternoon with me. So I absolutely appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I shall see you all next time. Bye for now. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit-chat on all things country music.